0: Welcome to episode 197 of Live Happy Now. This is your host Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us again today. This week, we're joined by surfing legend Laird Hamilton, who has transcended his surfing roots to become an international fitness icon, nutrition expert, and entrepreneur. What you may not know is that he's also used his connection with nature to expand his inner wisdom and define greater happiness. His new book, Life Rider, heart, body, soul, and life beyond the ocean, looks at the five key pillars he's found instrumental in creating happiness. So let's hear what he has to say. Laird, I am really happy and honored to have you on Live Happy Now. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me.
0: Well, you know, it's so interesting because you're known first and foremost as an athlete, and you're also a businessman. You have all these different sides to you, but I think a lot of people wouldn't realize that you have such an enlightened spiritual side. And, you know, obviously that's not something that happens overnight. Can you kind of tell where, you know, how that journey began for you?
1: Well, I, I would have to attribute a lot of my inward reflection to, well, my upbringing and, and, you know, kind of being raised in in Hawaii in such kind of awe-inspiring, incredible environments. And I think there's, I have to always give my mother a huge amount of credit, my, the DNA is from her and and just her, her you know her as a person. I think it's a combination of a bunch of things and I think it's it's evolved over time. You know, I, I think I started with kind of an open mind and an interest and then you know through some all the different things that I've experienced, whether it's you know life threatening things or or just you know life lessons, those have all kind of influenced my my spirituality
0: and i really like how you've defined these five pillars what really amazes me with this book life Writer, is that you cover so much ground and you do it rather efficiently like you get through this book and you really feel like you can understand i can understand each of those five pillars and how they relate to me can you kind of for people that haven't read the book can you talk about what those five pillars are and really how you define those for yourself
1: yeah i always talk about life like a tire like like spokes you know you have all of these these pieces and if any one of any one of the spokes is out then the tire doesn't roll and it doesn't roll well <laughs> you know and so I, I think that people think hey I'll just be in great shape and that the physicality would be one or there's a spiritual aspect to things there's a emotional like your relationships your you know those how important that is if, if things aren't right at your house how can you, your tire roll correctly? If you're physically not healthy, how can your tire roll correctly? You know, if, if you don't have aspects in your career going or, you know, how you, you know, your, your survival, uh, that, how can it roll correctly? So, I, you know, I think there's, there's more than just the five pillars. I think we just chose those because those are kind of the main hub of existence. But the fact is, is that, you know, what you watch, what you read, who you hang out with, I mean, all of these things influence your wellness. I mean, you just can't you know I, I think we think, oh well, I'll just make a bunch of money and that's gonna make me I'll be happy and I'm like, well, you see a lot of wealthy, unhappy people out there, and you know, and you you think that you know I'll just be the best. I mean, I always thought if I just was the best at something that that would be sufficient, and then you realize you can be the best at anything and if you don't have Good relations, if you don't you know have beliefs and hope and and faith and all of those pillars, you're just life is lacking something. There's an emptiness to it and and you know, and I, and it's an ongoing struggle. It's easy to just lay things out. I mean, you know you I think the book is just it's our attempt at sharing some of the things that have benefited me. but you know this is an ongoing struggle that I think we all are constantly in, and the struggle ends when when you die.
0: You know what I really was impressed with in this book is how honest you are and how raw you are at just kind of laying yourself out there. And <laughs> instead of setting yourself up as like, well, this is how you should do it. You're advising us, but you're also saying I am so human and I have fallen short so many times. You does that make you feel vulnerable or is that just important for you to be able to show people that you are just someone else who's trying to follow these same principles?
1: I think it wouldn't be truthful if I if I tried to say that I don't have these struggles and that it's not a continual process—that wouldn't be honest. And I think people can can sense uh, insincerity. And I and so I feel like that I can be more effective. And if I help one person, and if one person takes one piece from this and it benefits their life, then it makes it worthwhile because I know I've benefited from the things that I've learned from other people that I respect or admired. And I might not respect everything that they do. And I, I might not admire everything that they do, but there may be an attribute that I took from them and I said, wow, and it made a difference in my life. And so I feel like that's, I always, because I'm a father and, and, and a husband and a friend, and, but you know, as a, as a parent, you can say whatever you want, but they're just watching what you're doing. So let's try to at least at times the best we can make those two parallel. Let's make what we say and what we do, you know, run together. And it's a a lot more effective. And, And then you don't need to look back as well and be a hypocrite.
0: You know, one thing that surprised me, and I think a lot of people would be surprised, is that you start this book talking about death and fear which is not normally what you think is going to be the the lead in in a book that is very much about, you know, motivation and enlightenment. But can you talk about how death, your view of death has helped you in your success, both in business and, and as a human?
1: Well, I, I mean, the fact is, is that it's ever present. I mean, that that we're really our the fragility of our existence is something that that should govern our behavior and there's a certain aspect of the presence of death that forces you into some real good behavior <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain humility that is demanded of of you when you're under threat and then and i also feel like we have human beings have been under threat in in our entire evolution and that really for the first time in our, in our evolution we are have kind of diminished the threat we've never really been better, safer, healthier than we are right now, no matter what's going on and and no matter what's happening in the world, we've never had more food and better health and care and less starvation and less disease and all of this than we've ever been. So I was talking to someone the other day about this. It's almost like why we indulge ourselves in all of this other, like all the news about negativity and about death and dying and whatever. And it's almost, we find that almost interesting. And I question why that we do and is that because we are threatened by it so but we have this mechanism that is so deeply ingrained in us that we need to continue to indulge ourselves in it i I don't know i'm just i'm trying to figure it out myself but i do know one thing that when you are threatened or by death it brings a value system and a perspective that is extremely healthy it's extremely good for you i know i I have a saying you know that that uh, everybody if everybody just scared themselves once a day it would be a better world and i think that um, there's a lot of truth to that and i don't mean just kind of merciless fear i mean i'm talking about just healthy you know hey scare yourself just like whoa that you know and have that adrenaline effect and have that your system be threatened for a moment just to kind of bring everything back down to like, OK, you know, it's I mean, it's we're fortunate that we're not being threatened and that we have not all of us are being threatened and that we have a, our health and that we have our our family and all of these things. And that, and that I think that that, you know, I have a friend who since passed, but, you know, he used to talk about in business. He said, you know, he'd be in a big deal and, and people would be flipping out and he'd be like, well, this is not life threatening. Like I was in the war you know, that's what he said. He, cause he was in the Korean war and he was like, you know, this is after being in war, he's like, this isn't threatening. Like you realize this is not, we're not, this isn't life threatening. This is just, we're going to succeed or we're going to fail. And I think, I think having that perspective, that healthy perspective puts you in a position of power. I mean, a posi- and you'll end up succeeding better when you come into the, a situation with that mindset.
0: Do you think that your time as a surfer, like you have, taken on some big waves you've taken on some dangerous situations do you think that helped form that viewpoint
1: absolutely i mean my first of all my i mean i've had a i've had more than my share of of you know life-threatening situations where i thought well this looks like it's going to be the end and had time to think about i've had extended ones uh like lost at sea kind of scenarios i've had ones where i was just being held under and i thought well i'm not going to get back to the surface every time i've ever had one of those it it had an influence on me. i I always say, you know that that you know, I'd talk about it kind of rounding the hard edges, and then you know, my wife would look at me like, oh, oh really, like, <laughs> like like you think that that did that? but but I would say that that those all of those have had an influence on me in my life, and there's no way that that they couldn't. So I know that you know, listen, the ocean has been one of the greatest teachers in my life, if not the greatest influence and teacher that I've, I've had. And, and I use the ocean as nature, that nature is the ultimate teacher. And I think we've grown so far away from that that school, that school of nature, that we've stopped studying under that professor. And I think that that's affecting us. And I think that we need, in that school of nature, fear is, is a big subject. And uh, life-threatening situations are ever-present and prevalent. So that's something that we are are lacking. and And I think I use fear and death as as a way to talk to people to so that we can begin to understand the importance of what how that influences us
0: Absolutely and I'm glad that you brought up nature because that's something we talk a lot about at live happy now and I know you are huge you've got to walk barefoot every day and I love that you brought up so much about nature you know can you talk about how philosophy of how crucial it is that we are out in nature every day and do something to connect
1: one of the ways that i would describe nature is that we are it and it is us and so it's kind of like when you go walk in nature you go walk with yourself and so in a way having a deeper relationship with nature is having a deeper relationship with yourself because we're from it and it's from us i mean we're all it's all one and so and i think that 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 relationship and harmonizes us. I think there's a, I mean, listen, walking barefoot and breathing oxygen from plants and, and, and being in sunlight. And I mean, these are all foundational elements of existence. And so to not engage with those on a regular basis is, I think it, it, it taints our view of the world. I think it doesn't allow us proper, perspective of the planet and of course of living organisms in nature and living you know and plants and animals and all the all the things that that are we're related to (laughs) so it's like it's like not knowing your family it's like you know how is it important to know your family i think it's quite important to know your family maybe some of them you don't want to know quite as well as some of other ones but this is a family that you get to choose which ones you want to know and which ones you don't but i would definitely want to understand and and spend time with those parts of my family that you know that intrigue me and it does something I mean the color green alone affects mood and and I mean it just uh, there's so many the list of the benefits of being in nature and having a relationship with nature are, are beyond count
0: yeah and I love that you brought up the fact about the color green you had some information in there I'd never seen before about what the color green does to you so I found that, if nothing else, people need to pick up this book just to find out what the color green is going to do for them. No,
1: exactly. It's amazing. And I feel like one of the things about anything that you do like this book, because it always feels weird to just, okay, hey, I'm going to do a book. And like, I don't know, there's some something conceited about that, in, in my opinion, just the thought of it, even if it's not about anything to do with you. There's still, and then if it's about you, then it's even more, you're kind of like, Oh, but the fact is, is that it it ends up being a learning process and you end up kind of when you're able to learn things that you kind of either take for granted or just naturally have done intuitively, but then you can get the science behind that. Like a lot of the things we do, we do, we do intuitively. We we, were like, well, why am I trying to do this? And what is this? And why do I practice Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff? And then you get science behind that to back it up. And you're like, Oh, that's why. And then you start to kind of embrace the relationship with your intuition and go and use that more as a governing kind of, you know, light in your life. And, you know, and they talk about that, you know, stuff that's written in your heart. I mean, it's, it's you, you have these intuitive instincts and some of these uh, senses that that we have dulled over time. And I think they're, you know, through some of these processes and, and, and through understanding we begin to sharpen those, and and if not anything, just kind of confirm confirm that stuff. Like, yeah, that's why I like that, or that's why that makes me feel that way, or, you know, or, or or yes, I need to do that more, or whatever attribute you know you're lacking, or or just confirming.
0: Well, and one thing that I did really appreciate because I haven't seen this if if I've seen it before, I haven't seen it many times. And you're not just talking about how nature benefits us, but you really talk about how we need to respect nature. And that was a different point. Usually scientifically, we're only talking about what we're what it can do for us. Why is it so important that we have to respect the natural world? And, and what does that do for us?
1: I think the, the concept of always just taking and not protecting, you know, I think protection comes with respect. I think if you respect something, you'll protect it. Where if you're just trying to figure out how it's going to benefit you and it's all about taking, then you might just take it until there's none left and then be like, Oh wow, there's no, I can't get that now. What can I get? And so it's, it's a, it speaks a little bit more to a value system and a mentality of, you know, kind of a human condition of, of, of you know, again, taking, like, how do we take, you know, a lot of the, our behavior is connected to biology. And so, you know, when you've been something that part of our issues is and we went from the bottom of the, the very bottom of the food, food chain to the, all the way to the very top, and we didn't kind of work our way through the process and only take what we need and all that. We went from, you know, having to scavenge to just to having more than we could ever, ever need. And and because we missed the middle process, it's a little bit like learning a skill where you bypass all the foundation work that will actually really be beneficial when you uh, get to a spot where you, uh, you know, where you need to do the right thing <laughs> to survive, <laughs> but you just you bypass it and you went right to the top. And so I think, I mean, it speaks to so many respect and, and admiring nature and appreciating nature. I think that that's, not only is it mandatory for, you, for us to put ourselves in the right kind of hierarchy, like where we need to be, but it also will uh, affect our behavior and what we do and how we do it. If we respected nature more, we wouldn't be in a lot of the environmental issues that we are in.
0: You know, and that kind of brings us to the last point that I, I really want to talk to you about before we let you go. And you make such great points about how everything is connected and you break it down to like the amount of water you drink, the food you eat, everything that we do is connected to our outcomes and to the rest of the planet. And you make that sound so simple but it's also so hard for us to master can you kind of talk about the the philosophy of connection and how we can get better at understanding that
1: well for one thing you know i heard a statistic one time that there'll never be any more or any less water than is on the planet right now
0: oh yeah that's kind of scary
1: yeah (laughs) but just as a concept just as an understanding and that. I mean, if you, the only way you can really lose weight is to breathe, you know, you have to breathe the, the broken carbon, you know, out. And so when you start to understand how the system works, then you realize how connected that we are to it. And that's not, that's only the, the the visible, right? That's what we can see. The fact is, is that energetically we we can't see, I mean, there, maybe there are a few of us that have the capacity to see energy. but energetically we are it's all connected and you know we're connected by what we see so how connected are by, you know are we by what we don't see and you know and, and the air from china arrives on the west coast of you know the united states in seven days i mean it, you know we're, we're it's not as big as we think it is and i think we just think there's a vastness to it that it just there's no end but in a way it's like we're in one cell, and energetically we're we're connected, and environmentally we're connected, and spiritually we're. I mean, it's just we we're connected on all these different levels. And if you're observant in life, you you start to understand how connected things are. Just observe, and I think that a lot of us are fogged over. Um, I think, I mean, I, I included myself included. I, I think life fogs us over. Just just all of the complications how complicated we've made life i think we've we've done something uh, when we were hunting and gathering it only took us 38 hours a week to survive and then the rest was free time and now it takes us 70 and we don't have enough time and it's just like we through making things more technically advanced and through all of these things to make everything easier we've made it more complicated than it's ever been i mean and more connected but yet more disconnected than we've ever been it's like you know, I, I think it's it's really a process of observation. I think that you just, we need to be a more observant. I think being observant and some of the of the most intelligent humans that have ever walked the earth were just understanders, observers of nature, you know, understanding and observing human behavior. Again, we always make jokes, you know, common sense, the most uncommon sense. I don't even know why they call it common sense. But, you know again, it's right. about observation and about being observant and, and and being considerate and and you know in Hawaii it's, it's as you when you grow up in Hawaii, you're so connected to the environment and we're real cautious about people's space and respectful and I think when you're when you grow up more connected to kind of our more tribal existence, which would be that we would be around less people, you be you're super connected because you're you're connected to nature to survive and you have to be aware. You have to be highly aware of, hey, there's a storm coming. Hey, there's a thing. Uh, you know, it's like, why do animals run away from a tidal wave before it even arrives? I mean, days before, like animals just all run away, and you know, right before a tidal wave gets there, where we're still just hanging out, going, wow, there's a giant wave coming. It's uh, <laughs> like, gosh, it looks numb, bad. There, you know, we become numb to our relationship with the earth, and we become, we really lack observation, and 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 which results in a lacking understanding and. And so i think it's all i think it's important to you know to we have that mechanism in us i think it's important to continue to develop it i talk to people about you know if you have an intuition about something and something you see some situation and you go yeah that's that's gonna be a problem well then you should act on that what happens is that is actually a skill that you that you have a mechanism that you have that you can begin to hone in on again and i think there's a lot of those inside of us that have gone dormant and there's physical ones, there's spiritual ones, there's emotional, there's all of these different levels to that. And I mean, there's, we have skills to survive intuitively and we have these, these, these reptilian brain that allows us to do all kinds of physical feats. And obviously there's um, spiritual ones that we have that will allow us to do spiritual feats. And I, I think that that's something that's, it's a field of interest, in my opinion, and something to learn.
0: And once you start practicing those, once you, as you said, you act on your intuition and you see it reinforced, it gets easier. You build your re- intuition and it's you're muscle. more likely to act on it.
1: It's a muscle. It's a muscle. Yeah. It's, it's, if you think it's not a muscle, it, try it. Try it. And, and <laughs> be surprised. And so, you know, these are all just muscles. It's like vision is a muscle. Hearing is a muscle. And so is intuition. You know, so is instinct. So is, I mean, these are, are, these are muscles and, you know, a lot of these are just have been dormant because we have somewhat dominated our environment to the point where we don't have, we don't need them like we've had to, to survive. And so, but yet I believe that they are going to be the thing that allows us to really get through the real challenge, which will be when we kind of destroy, completely finish up what's left of nature, if we can, you know, hopefully we can stop before then and 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 at least protect what's left and begin to restore and and recultivate, you know, some of it.
0: Blair, this is a beautiful book. It's to me, it's kind of a reset button for people who might know some of this, but we get so we forget. We forget that we know these things. And yeah. I think for others, it's gonna be a completely new discovery. So, which, will, which will be
1: great, which will be great. Listen, listen like I said, if, if, if I have one person come to me and say, hey, that I really did, did something, and changed everything. And, you know, for me, that's sufficient. In a way, I feel like a lot of these things are things that were given to me. I'm just passing it on and are and, trying to pass it on in the, in the ways that best make sense to me.
0: That was Laird Hamilton, author of Life Rider, Heart, Body, Soul, and Life Beyond the Ocean. Visit us at livehappynow.com to learn more about how you can follow Laird online and where to go to learn more about his five pillars. We hope you're already a subscriber to Live Happy Now, but if you're not, you can find us on the Pandora Podcast Network, Spotify, SoundCloud, and on iTunes and Google Play. Just find us on your favorite platform and then hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. That is all we have time for this week. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.